Good morning, happy Sunday, and welcome back to Family Breakfast. We are live at the Family Breakfast patio. And we want to talk today about our good old friends, Sheila and Annette. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to create a community of people to talk about life. And books. And business. And adventure. And so much more. Join Join us for for family family breakfast. People listening to this are probably wondering who the heck are Sheila and Annette after they just listened to Meet Your Hosts, Katie and Chelsea. Or they thought we were bringing two other people on the show. Not yet, but that's next week. Next week, we have a super surprise special guest that I'm so freaking excited about. So keep that in mind for next week's podcast. But anyway, no, that's not what we're doing today. Well, today, we're taking a look inside within ourselves. Yep, yep. So Sheila is my person inside my head and this this concept came from Rachel Hollis right yes everybody's heard of Rachel Hollis at least probably by now but when we went to the rise conference she talked about everybody has a negative voice in their head and you have to give them a name and give them a kind of a persona right and then you can start to deal with them so yeah what does yours look like so mine is Annette Annette is this super snobby stuck up person she totally thinks that every idea that I have is awful it's so bad that it is not even worth sharing to the world now that sounds so so bad when I say that out loud but it's the truth how often do you hear someone inside your head telling you don't say that or don't go approach that person because they're going to think that your idea is dumb or your comments are dumb. Right. Right. So, that's my person. What Annette. does she look like? Um, she has a really tight bun. <laughs> like, her hair is, like, slipped back with a bun. Like, anytime somebody's portrayed a librarian on a movie, like... Um... Or, like, ballerina. Like, ballerina. Type bun, okay. Yeah, like, I wear a bun, yeah. but it's not like that. I'm not describing myself. <laughs> I am, like, she has, like, a really slick bun with, um, has, like, these eyes that, like, glare at you. Like, you know, she has the RBF yeah. to a T. Mm-hmm. She also loves to like make this little snickering laugh uh like (laughs) really wow so that's kind of what she looks like and that sounds like an asshole she is yeah a for asshole yep there you go (laughs) there you go so what does she look look like oh sheila sheila's kind of got like kind of short kind of wavy kind of curly hair like kind of a mess but also kind of put together kind of thing okay i just said kind of a lot like edgy looking no not edgy kind of here we go again kind of um how do i say she just has this like 
presence. You ever been in in a room with somebody that you don't you don't even really know, but like they're just vibes overwhelm you with just negativity. One hundred percent. And like, so say at a coffee shop, right? Like you just your your body radar picks up on this person that's just like negative, negative, negative. Like don't go over there. But yeah. it's also like a train wreck. So like consciously you start staring at them like why are you so negative why are you so mean like what is you know you start looking at them sideways (laughs) like a german shepherd kind of like yeah what what is wrong with you that's kind of like the vibes that sheila gives off but what i think is interesting about what you said about annette and what i'm about to tell you about sheila is that sheila is always telling me myself that i am not good enough Mm. So that's my trigger. This is what I figured out at the Rise Conference when we went in January. Uh, Rachel Haas was a big proponent of figuring out what your trigger is. And, you know, I, I didn't understand what that meant because she was talking about past childhood trauma. She was talking about, you know, parents or in divorce or, you know, whatever. And I was extremely blessed with a fantastic childhood, so I don't. I kind of went through this feeling of feeling like I wasn't good enough to be at this conference <laughs> with everybody cool. dealing with their trauma. Yeah. That's so crazy. Right. And it took me almost to the third day to figure that out, to figure out that my tri- I was being triggered while trying to figure out my trigger of not being good enough. And I realized that Sheila is the one in my head feeding into me not being good enough. So once... Once I kind of, you know, gave her a persona and figured out that um, I was able to kind of really start to pick out how that happens in my day-to-day life. So I know this is not a podcast necessarily about trigger, but... Well, essentially, it is because Sheila arrives when you are triggered right and and it wasn't really until I could put a put a face and a name to Sheila and put a a name to my trigger that I really understood how often in my life that that shows up that she shows up and and prior to me having this year of consciously working on it how much she was kind of controlling my day-to-day stuff and thoughts and attitude and things towards other people that that weren't even about the other people if that makes any sense so so being triggered about not being good enough would elicit a response of anger or defensiveness always trying to prove yourself or whatever but but once I started giving Sheila a name you know I have a fairly strong personality I would say and someone speaking to me outright in conversation I would never let them disrespect me the way that I disrespect myself in my head from Sheila, letting Sheila say the things that she was saying to me. And, you know, I, I have to give Rachel Hollis that props for, you know, making us dive into that because I never really realized what that was like. Well, yeah, and, like, to have that person say all those things inside your head, like you said, it, you don't ever realize how mean they are because they come so fast like a rapid yep. a rapid rate of saying no 
blah, 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 blah. And so sometimes if I'm really struggling with it, I'll say them out loud to myself. You ever tried that, everybody listening? If not, I want you to try that. (laughs) If you ever think of a negative thought and you're just like in this downward spiral of like, well, I fucking fucked up my my diet and that's it and i just ate that whole freaking box of cookies yeah and you're like wow like you literally failed again right say it out loud or like something like and i'm saying this because i've said this before like way to go like you beached whale or something like that like have you what have you called yourself or like say that out loud and pretend that you know it's your your roommate or your sister or someone saying that to you how would you let that happen exactly because honestly we're roommates if you ever said that to me i'd probably knock your ass out probably yeah (laughs) seriously and and the thing is is that i'm your friend and so i'm showing up as your friend and i would never ever ever tell you that right so why is it okay for you to say that to yourself exactly are you a friend of yourself yeah because if you're not a friend of yourself then you're pulling in two different directions every single day right and i think a lot of people they're like this self-care self-love thing is that's the hippie thing that you know yeah (laughs) yeah and you know that's just what hippies do or whatever but honestly if you can't if you can't love yourself why will anyone else and that not even in a relationship standpoint but in any type of any type of friendship, relationship, interaction with other people. So. And also, it also brings another question is, how can you love anybody else? Right. If you don't love yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. And I know everyone says that. Like, so many people have said that. You have to love yourself before you love anyone. But the reality is, is that you won't ever be fulfilled. And that's one thing that I really just discovered is that Annette and I are not 50-50. We're actually 100 and 100. Now, I'm going to sound totally crazy when I explain this, but if I'm really, really struggling, um, like how I have been the past couple of weeks, I have pretty much called a Chelsea meeting. Yeah. If you've ever seen Inside Out, (laughs) it is the best movie, and it's the most... Um, how you, would you say it? Like a logical reasoning, yep. I guess you would say, of psycho, psyche. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so shout out to, is that Pixar? Pixar. Pixar, Disney. Yeah. Um, shout out to them. But if you haven't seen it, that's your homework yeah, to go watch go it. Yeah, please go watch it. Um, because this will totally make sense. But what I did is I pretty much called a board of directors meeting for Chelsea and so that's where um, there's anger, there is um, disappointment, because that's one of my triggers, um, there is joy, there's sadness, and then there's Annette, and Annette shows up. And Annette is so sick and tired of no one listening to her. Like, she, because my trigger is disappointing people. And so when she comes to this table, she is like, grand she tries to overdo it and everyone always shuts her down like shut up Annette no one wants to talk to you shut up Annette your ideas are not worth it 
And so then she gets even more fired up because she feels like she's disappointing people. Yeah. So she tries more and more and more. Like, oh, yep, we fucked up that time because we were not doing this enough. So this, a couple weeks ago, I said, you know what? Annette, you have the table. You have the floor. You have the spotlight. Go ahead and express all your feelings. So what I did is I grabbed a piece of paper and I let Annette have the pen in the paper. And she wrote all of the worries that I had. Every single one of them. I wasn't making enough money in my business. I am not following my lifestyle change. I'm not following my habits. I'm not doing this enough. I'm not doing that enough. I'm not performing well enough. My ideas are not great. And I need this big project to land very, like go very well in order to become successful. So I let all these feelings out. And when I did, I felt so much lighter. Like I felt like Annette was just like going, 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 listing off everything. And then she was like, (sighs) yeah, I finally had my moment where I was listened to. Right. And then that night I had the best sleep of my life. And the next morning I woke up energized, rejuvenated and ready to knock out the day. Yeah. So, so many people say, shut that person off. Shut up, Annette. Shut up, Sheila. Shut up, Sharon. Shut up, anybody. Mm -hmm. But what about if all they need is to be listened to? Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think that's a great example. You gave them a spot at the table. Because you can't always shut them down. They're there for a reason. And so, the shift that... I think has helped me and like what you're saying has really helped you is that what are they trying to tell you by kicking and screaming and kicking and screaming and really trying to get your attention and and wave the flags and send the you know um the fireworks and the you know what what are they trying to tell you? If you keep shutting them up, they're just going to keep coming back louder and louder because they're trying to tell you something. Our, our brains are made to analyze all situations always on the negative as well because we're made for survival. So that part of your brain is going to be so dominant in trying to get your attention. If you were to just give them a seat at the table, what would they have to say? They would prepare you. Yeah. So, like, for example, like, your business. Yeah. What's one thing that Sheila always tells you? Sorry, I didn't, I I just put you on the spot. But is there something that Sheila tells you, random, like, tells you about your business all the time? Well, I just opened my physical therapy practice in July. And so, from July until now, it's always, you're not making enough. Like, this was a mistake. You jumped out in the middle of a pandemic. You're not making enough money. You're not doing it the way everybody is telling you you need to do it. You're not following what what everybody else does, whatever. And so what I found is that I was listening to Sheila in the beginning by feeling like I was letting her not voice her opinion but overtake my thoughts. So I wasn't giving her a spot at the table. I was giving her the entire table, room, house, street, everything, and letting 
Sheila's worries. And we're back. Sorry, we had to make a venue change because our neighbors decided to mow their lawn right now. So anyway, I was letting Sheila dictate everything. And it was overtaking any type of good, conscious, business-making decisions that I could make. And so, I mean, there were times in the very beginning that I would just completely shut shut off. Like, Sheila was at the wheel. I had no control. And I just let her overtake me. And, you know, I'm not going to say in a depression, but just not actively working towards anything because I was just so kind of paralyzed by what she was saying, you know, and just like, yep, well, this is it, whatever. And I honestly don't really know. Do I know what? I think that's when you started really focusing on your habits. Yeah. Like you forgot, fo- you forgot to focus on your business and only focus on your habits, like the obstacle in front of me. Oh, yeah. Is this. Yeah, I took, I was reading um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And he was just talking about whatever obstacle comes your way, that's the direction that you need to go because the success that you're looking for is on the other side of that obstacle. And when I started to really kind of analyze, as we've mentioned before, I'm a person who works solely off of morals and values, and, and that's it. And so typically like what 90% of the time the way that everybody else does it is not the way that I do it and in the beginning I was trying to follow what everybody else was saying business coaches or you know people in your immediate environment trying to follow the way that they thought I should should do it and when I started to just say like step back kind of zoom out let Sheila you know not take control, but listen to what she was trying to tell me. And and basically what she was saying was, hey, there's a red flag here. This doesn't align with what you believe in. This is not what you started this business for. This is not how you envisioned it. This is not what you said you were going to do. This is what everybody else said should happen. And I am so appreciative of Sheila for doing that because I don't know what I would be doing right now if she didn't. So I just started saying, okay, what is the immediate obstacle in front of me? I wake up in the morning. What is the immediate obstacle? Find my freaking coffee. Okay, I got my coffee. Everything's good. That obstacle is complete. What's next? Well, what's next on my habit list? And then I go to that. And then when it comes to work, what's the immediate, immediate obstacle in front of me? To treat the patient that I have at that hour the very best of my ability, make them feel like they are my only patient in the entire world, spend as much time with them as possible, listening to them, doing whatever we got to do, and focusing on their treatment and their treatment only for those 60 or 90 minutes or whatever. When that ends and I don't have a patient, okay, now I can start on my, I have a three priority to-do list you know, three level priority to do list. Okay, so I start knocking off some of that. And so I think that really kind of helped. Sheila tried to overtake in terms of my trigger. But when I was able to zoom back and kind of, you know, step outside of the day to day stuff and, and really kind of look or listen, I was able to pull from that what I needed to do in order to step forward into taking action and making progress.
That is freaking awesome. <laughs> like, you're using Sheila, who normally has a negative connotation, right. and using her superpower to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the greatest superpower ever, is to take your biggest fear and make it your greatest strength. 100%. Yeah. My friend Trisha just said that the other day, that you need to take your greatest fear and make it your greatest strength. And, you know, that's how you get superpowers. So shout out, Trisha, if you're listening. You're going to be on this podcast sometime very soon, I hope. 100%. Yeah, because, you know, little things like that. But if I didn't go through what I went through at the beginning of this year, trying to learn what any of this actually means... I wouldn't be able to be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And so have you seen a repercussion from your decisions? Like, I know you're not focused on revenue or anything like that, but has your business grown with the structure that you decided that what was in your gut? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it and it's, you know, it's I'm always have believed that if you just show up and treat people well, the money will be there. You don't have to go searching for it. You don't have to nickel and dime them. You don't have to do add-ons and this and that. If you just show up and show up well, the money will present itself. It will all come back around. Everything will work out. Everything comes out in the wash, you know, as they say. Yeah. And so when I stopped focusing on how can I maximize every visit and make more money and whatever, everything started clicking into place. I'm not going to say I'm where I want to be. I'm, of course, only three and a half months into this. But in my gut and in my heart, I feel so much more at peace because I'm just following only what I believe in. Every two minutes that I make a decision, it is solely aligned with what my gut says and I bet that makes it so much easier to make decisions oh I I, you know you get in not autopilot but it's it becomes easy like I'm not ever going to say that business is easy but for me because I I am so strong in my convictions when everything is aligned in my you know morals and values it's not hard Showing up is not hard. It doesn't ever feel like work. It just feels like exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So Sheila is my fail safe. And I'm, I don't let her speak to me the way that she did before. And she still tries, don't get me wrong. I don't have this down to a perfect science whatsoever. It is a conscious daily battle to show up and fight for yourself. So it's not perfect, but... I appreciate her input, and I tell her that, you know what, I hear you, I appreciate you, I got this, I took what I needed, now sit over here and watch me shine, because I got what I needed from you, now I gotta go. Totally true. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like I let Joy try to take the table. Yeah. I just realized that right now, as you said that. Like, sometimes people only let joy take it. So they're, like, everything is, like, crashing and burning. And Annette's, like, hey, um, our fucking house is on fire. Right. And Joy's, like, oh, it's okay. It's, gonna it's okay. Fine. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. We got this. 
don't worry about it. But sometimes you do need that urgency to worry about some of the things. Yeah. Like, your bank account can go to zero (laughs) real quick. Right. And so you need Annette and Sheila to help balance out joy. Because joy's only job is to make you feel like that high, that good. What was the quote that you just told me that I needed you to decode about intoxication? Oh, success is intoxicating. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. Success is intoxicating. Basically, success is intoxicating, but in order to maintain success, you have to stay sober. This is another Ryan Holiday, ego is the enemy quote that I just butchered, not word for word, so don't at me. Yeah, paraphrased, but... Yeah, success can be intoxicating. That's what you're saying just for joy. Yeah, like joy is like she is the free spirit. Like, woo, we are living <laughs> life. But sometimes you can't just always ride on your success because if you are riding on your success and someone else is already surpassing you and you're losing out on that that joy, that feeling. Yeah. So like having a net here to balance out joy is super super essential yeah if there wasn't a place for all of these people we wouldn't have them Mm, true but so many people are trying to not let sheila and and annette have a place right but they all serve a purpose and your perception of what they're there for is totally on your own it might not be what we're saying about how we look at our own people but you have to figure out who your person is, what they're trying to tell you. Sometimes Sheila's just a straight-up bitch. Like, mm-hmm. plain and simple. She's just being a jerk just to be a jerk. And But I have to step back, listen, figure that out, and then basically tell her to go shut up. Yeah, like she needs a reality check yeah, sometimes. Right, and so your perception of what these people are trying to tell you is 100% on your own, but they all serve a purpose. Yeah, so you're like the CEO Of the board of directors. And you need them to do their own jobs and stay in their lane. Right. But also come together during the meeting to express their concerns. Right. Just mind-blowing. Yeah. Honestly. It is. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I would have never been able... Because I've been to the RISE conference twice now. Right. I would have never figured that out the first time. Right. The first time I was like... Okay, a trigger. I know who that is. It's Annette. Yeah. I pictured her. I knew, like, things about her. But I always had to try to shut her up. Like... Right. It was trying, like, cut it off. But then you go into, like, this next level, this deeper meaning of, okay, Annette, now you have a place at my table. Right. Okay, Annette, now we're going to check and balance you. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to your personal growth from one conference to another because you again perception is everything when you went to the first one you were at one place in your life when you went to the second one you were at a different place in your life and I don't care what anybody in this um listening to this thinks about Rachel Hollis it really makes no difference about her specifically the idea of figuring out what triggers you is life-changing for how you show up for the next day and the next day after that. Yes, 100%. And it will always be different. So six months from now, when you figured out your trigger now, 
six months from now, that will mean something completely different to you. And how you deal with it will always will be completely different. And that's just a testament to your growth. Very true. Yep. And if you don't ever go through those hard things, then you'll never grow. Yeah, you never will grow. Ever. It's so hard. Like, And another thing that like people always say is go find the discomfort. Go find being uncomfortable. Yep. But we just realized the other day, what about if you're just uncomfortable where you're at? Right. Like, find the discomfort right now. Don't, in, don't try to go find it. Right. Deal with what you're sitting in right now. Because there's a reason why you want to go find discomfort. Because when you're searching for discomfort, you're not actually sitting in discomfort. Yep. You can't, you can't really go find external stuff until you deal with whatever you're sitting in right now. I'm a big believer in that. One, you yeah. have to Ugh. face your dark, dark room. room. <laughs> Kobe Bryant missed every single day but you have to go face that and it's not until you face that that you can make a step forward that's what I believe so you know and like I said it's a it's a conscious decision every single day so pretty much your homework is yes I'm talking to you me no not Uh, you not me the people listening oh yeah yeah you you your homework is to, one, name your person. Who is that voice inside of you that tells you all of the mean girl things? Yeah. Or mean boy. Whoever. Yeah. Listen to them and get a sense of who their personality is and name them and give them a look. Give them their characteristics. Yeah. And then eventually give them a seat at your table. Yeah. Homework number two, I'd like to say, is to take a piece of paper and a pen and give them the mic. And you would be surprised. Yeah. And, and, and you, can't, you can't judge yourself for what you write. You literally have to almost subconsciously just let it go. So what I actually do is I set a four-minute timer. Mm. I set myself a four-minute timer, so that way you don't just like, well, I need to write more, I need to write more. You right. have an end goal. Right. So you're not thinking about time. Yep. You're not thinking about the people around you. You're not thinking of what you need to do. Yep. You're only focused in on your paper. And I know a lot of people, they start and they're like, I don't know what to write. Then write that. I don't know what to Literally, write. Literally, exactly. I don't know what to write, period. This is stupid, period. Keep going. Why am I here, period. Yep. I don't know who my person's name is. I can't even think of a name for yep. my person. Like write it all. Write it all out because you're going into level like level one, and then you're level two. Yeah, and I you're think level we need three. to talk about that. That would be on podcast. Yeah, we will talk about um, Katie's levels. levels. <laughs> um, but it's totally true. Like yep. you're gonna write surface level things, but keep writing. Yeah, Dave Hollis also talked about that. Yeah, is keep writing. And you'll be surprised on what actually comes out. Yep. Give them a, give them the spotlight for however long it takes. And then reevaluate what they wrote. What were they trying to tell you this whole time? But I also want to ask you, don't judge yourself for what you wrote. Absolutely not. 
Don't beat yourself up on what you wrote. Because if you just let Annette, for example, give you, be so vulnerable and tell you all what she's feeling and you tell her that was so dumb, she's not going to want to talk to you again. Nope. It's like your friend. You can't just say that. I just want you just to listen. Yep. And then after you write all that down, if you want, you can burn it. Yeah. And then you physically let it go. That's very gratifying, actually, to let that shit burn. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) So, yeah, don't judge yourself. Just let them show up. Let them take the mic. Let them have the spotlight. Get it all out. And you're going to be so surprised at how much lighter you feel and how much more clarity you have on what you need to do next. So, homework number one is to name a person and give them characteristics. And number two is to take your paper, set a four-minute timer, and write out every single thought that your person has. Yep. And number three... Don't judge yourself and physically or emotionally or mentally or whatever, let it go. Yep. And number four, we want to hear how it goes. We yes. don't need the details, but but we're in this journey with you. So, you know. DM us yeah. at Family Breakfast Podcast or email us at Family Breakfast Podcast at gmail.com or DM us if you want our phone numbers and we can text. Yep. We'll be here. So, we're here for you, and we're here to grow with you. Yep, and don't forget, next week we have a super special guest that I'm very excited about. So, we'll see you guys next week for Family Breakfast. Bye, guys. Happy Sunday.